You are listening to From the Midwest to the Middle East, the latest on U.S. tax, Israeli economy, and lots of in-between. Interviewing Israeli and international experts. Chicago, Chicago. Welcome to our podcast. I am Philip Stein, president of Philip Stein & Associates. I will show you Hi. I have a very interesting guest today, uh, a colleague of mine I've known many years, Jeff Balsam. Jeff is a veteran banker with 35 years experience developing new business opportunities for Israeli banks and their clients. As CEO of Adesco Bridge, Jeff represents corporate clients and high net worth individuals in their borrowing activities from commercial banks in Israel. Jeff began his career at Bank Lumi in New York and later transferred to Tel Aviv focusing on corporate finance and real estate finance and offering exceptional savings in currency exchange. Uh, certainly banking has been in the news, the FATCA agreement being signed, so it's very timely that we have you, Jeff. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, okay, so let me go right to, uh, I have a bunch of questions that my listeners, I think, would like to hear the answers to, and my first one is very basic. Why, why does a person in business need an advocate like yourself to work with his or her bank? Well, Phil, it's, uh, it's like anything else. You need a professional. Businesses approach their banks like they approach customers. They try to sell their image. They try to sell their products. But banks are not necessarily interested in the same information as their typical sales pitch. And it can be difficult, they can be confusing and complicated to deal with. So significant negotiations with banks can really best be served by an experienced banker. The same way significant contracts should be serviced by a lawyer and significant tax matters should be serviced by an accountant such as yourself. We're the bankers and we're on your side of dealing with the bank. Where, where do businesses fail when dealing with their banks? I think basically business managers fail to realize they're, broad, they're broadcasting on a different wavelength than their banker. Corporate managers view their business plans with the belief that their projections will materialize into positive results, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. But the banker has to be convinced so that he'll see everything just as rosy, because bankers are focused on the worst case scenario. In other words, what happens if the anticipated results do not materialize? And let's not forget that banks are restrained by policies, regulations, and complicated procedures. Very often, good clients get pressured by their bank. They don't even understand why. So it's our familiarity with the banks, and even with the bankers themselves, together with our 35 years' experience, that enable us to navigate smoothly through the banking network and negotiate successfully on behalf of our clients. Just a side question. Do you think that Israeli banks who did seem to avoid the crisis in 2008-2009 because they, they were more conservative or more regulated? I think that's true. The, the crisis was averted here by comparison to Europe or the USA really for two reasons. Uh, a, the Israeli exposure to those economies to a great extent was their bond portfolio, so they did get hit uh, wherever they were invested in foreign bonds, but they were not exposed on their lending portfolio. And the lending portfolio in Israel is the greatest exposure, and it's more conservative. Our default rates in Israel are much lower than the USA or Europe, and uh, that really saved us in in the global financial crisis. Having said that, it did put the banks into a more conservative gear uh, with a delay of a year or two or even three in the in the case of one particular bank. Uh, we did feel the credit crunch arrive in Israel 
after a delay, uh, they, were, they were very proud in the first year or two that they were not exposed to the same default issues as Europe or the USA, but they did take the opportunity, and when they came out with uh, each year's business policy, we see uh, each of the banks calling in credits, cleaning out clients that don't fit the new parameters, being very difficult to offer new credit. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. But when a business needs financing, uh, be it short-term, long-term, where is the first place they should go to? Should they just call their banker? It really depends what they're looking for. Okay, we call that a loaded question. Depends on the purpose of the loan, the amount, their opportunity to repay, and several other factors. Okay, we're happy to talk it through. People can call us early in their process. We'll discuss it. We'll we'll have an initial meeting with them, evaluate whether or not their loan request justifies our involvement. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll just give them tips on how to do it on their own. Okay. Our function really is to evaluate the appropriate credit needs that a business has Mm -hmm. uh, and only then to determine how those needs should be viewed by the banks. We might suggest alternatives or considerations that the manager did not consider himself. Mm-hmm. You have to remember also that, that we do what we call a detail, deep detail process, okay? We'll listen to the businessman, but then we research his business, we, the people involved, and anticipate how the bank policies will relate to that credit request. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll explain it all to the client, obviously with a follow-up meeting, and recommend then how we should proceed. And, of course, initial meetings like that we don't charge for. We're very happy to meet and talk, uh, it re- could really, really be beneficial. So it sounds like a great service, and I think it's, you know, we know the traditional services of law, accounting, uh, insurance, and I, and I think that, uh, I think a lot of business people I work with and, 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 and my listeners' clients are not aware that this is, uh, sounds like no less important service. It compares very well to those professionals that you uh, just listed, not everybody is aware that it exists, and honestly, it doesn't exist, uh, you know, as widely as accountants or lawyers. Uh, there are many professional bankers out there who have gone into private practice, uh, and it's good to use them. Uh, our client history will tell you what we do. I mean, if you look at what we're involved in, obviously, real estate is a big part of the banking world. It's hard to do a real estate transaction without bank financing, so we get involved in real estate acquisition in refinancing, which are very popular lately and have to be done right, construction loans of every type, and of course corporate finance, manufacturers, technology companies, hotels, energy conservation, really any industry uh, and any borrower that's looking to deal with the bank should consider using a professional. Okay. When a business is uh, having cash flow problems, which that's just the nature of the business world, uh, what, what is the most common mistake you see a business commit? The, the most common mistake is that they did not begin handling the problem early enough. Mm-hmm. There are legitimate instances when a business may have a drop in cash flow, an increase in needs for cash. Proper planning enables us to present the credit requ- request to a bank as a positive business plan. And we indicate the sources and the uses of the funds and and provide supporting evidence that they can repay the loan, how they're going to use it, and give the banks material to present to the credit committee. You have to remember that banks don't like surprises, Phil. Mm -hmm. Okay, If a a business is uh, in a credit crunch uh, or a cash flow crunch, okay, we see them scrambling for cash to cover their immediate needs, 
and they're not fully planning for the extended period. Of course, further down the road, a couple of months, the next quarter, even during the year, they'll still be in a cash crunch. And now it's compounded because they also have payments due on that short-term loan that they took from a bank or maybe even a more expensive private lender. So you you have to start early. I would say that's the most common mistake. Mm-hmm. Another common mistake uh, I'm thinking of is also in presentation. Very important. You have to tell the bank what they want to hear and in a manner that they comprehend. Okay, businesses tend to overload their bankers with extraneous information. It results in confusion, and it can even create concern for increasing exposure to risk. We know the banks, the banks know us, and they rely on our information. We give them what they need to know in a way that they can use it, in a way that they can understand it, and they trust our research. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. All right, let me change direction to another area that I know you have a lot uh, of expertise in and a a lot to offer, uh, foreign currency. How can a business that has dealings in foreign currency or income in foreign currency, expenses in foreign currency, improve their cost of converting currencies? That's an area where we're really, you know, I remember the advertisements of Optica Alprin, Sovereign Monopole, which is breaking the rules mm-hmm. on currency exchange. Uh, it's a major activity of the Israeli banks, and the banks and even the brokers involved maximize their profitability at the expense of the clients. The spreads and the fees that they earn are enormous, and the currency desk at each bank is a major profit center with major profit motivation from their management. Even when they give you hot to vote, they give you discounts in their fees or, or in their rates, in the commissions, they're still earning a lot on each transaction. Now, today, foreign banks have gotten into the game as well. So you have so many Israeli companies operating abroad, whether it's Silicon Valley in, in California or the European banks or Citibank, and all of the major banks with Israeli clients are offering their foreign affiliates to send shekels to Israel. They lose a lot of money. They're not even aware of how much they're losing. The We broke it. Okay, we broke that trend as a registered financial institution. We convert currency at true market rates, and we give our clients the maximum shekel value. It's uh, it's a game, but we don't play in the game. We're we're sincere to our clients. Our main income, of course, is from our advisory services, our consulting fees. So we don't look to the currency as a main source of income. We look at it more as a service to our clients. And um, and they get more shekels. Very simple. Great. Uh, um, that's that's uh, you know important for all of us to know. It's important for everybody, Phil. Maybe I'll give you a few examples okay. just to, to top it off. I mean, our clients include technology companies, real estate entities, hotels, charities, and of course individuals that find themselves converting regularly. I'll give you an example. Uh, I mean, the typical case today is Israeli technology. They may have 30, 40, 50 developers here in Israel, but the sales are abroad or the investment money is coming from abroad. So they could be sending to Israel three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a month to cover their overhead. We can save them 10, 15, 20,000 shekels a month that may cover a salary for them. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's a lot. You have uh, companies that bring in money to, to pay off a loan. We had recently a real estate company converted $2.5 million. They saved 60,000 shekels in one mm. transaction. Wow. It's a lot of money. Uh, people buying apartments, even, you know, investors buying commercial property or uh, foreign residents buying apartments in Israel can bring in a half a million, a million dollars uh, in cash, dollars, euro, whatever currency. 
we may save them 20,000, 30,000 shekels on the exchange that they're not even aware of that they're spending. That's amazing. Really impressive. Uh, okay, let me change directions again. How, how can you help a business, quote-unquote, do a deal, i.d. a merger, an exit, a leverage buyout? Well, most M&A deals require bank financing. So contacting us early in the process can be very helpful. We work very closely with the lawyers, the accountants, appraisers, any other professionals that the transaction requires. We review legal documents. We get the attorneys, accountants, whoever, to make sure that all of the presentations and documents properly anticipate the banking requirements. Uh, we can even approach the banks for pre-approvals or indications that they'll be willing to provide the financing for the acquisition. Very important so that you don't commit to a deal and then find that you can't bank it. Very, very important. So our early involvement in any merger or, or acquisition is very, very significant. And, uh, you know, if we look at the deal and we say that it's bankable, then we'll be sure to deliver the goods. Mm -hmm. Good. When should a business who is doing well, we've talked about business with cash flow problems, uh, maybe foreign currency to improve the bottom line, but let's take the businesses, there are, they are out there who are doing well. When should they consult your firm? What services can you offer them? In our case, we deal with good, healthy companies. We deal with growing companies. They can be young, they can be new, but we do not deal with default. We're talking about clients who are doing well, and they may have a reason to review their borrowing portfolio or maybe they anticipate new borrowing needs. Uh, there are even cases where a company doing well gets into a kind of pressure from their bank. What we call conflict resolution is necessary. So sometimes it's a business doing well, but the bank doesn't understand it. They view the business differently, or the managers don't know how to project to the bank what they're doing. We handle many cases where all of a sudden we get called in emergency SOS. The bank is pressuring us to reduce credit, to add collateral, or they're increasing the cost of the credit. And that takes careful negotiation. There's something bothering the bank. We need to peel away the levels of friction and get to the root of the problem. Whenever possible, by the way, our preference is to correct the situation and help the bank understand what's going on in the client's business, help the client understand what the bank's needs are. Obviously, we prepare for the event of switching banks, but never rush to burn bridges. Your bank is with you. They know your business. A new bank may or may not view things the same. If necessary, yes, we can arrange new banking. But if we can fix the current relationship, and we try, to, we try to do that. You've been in this business a long time. As I said at the introduction, you've worked on both sides of the ocean. You've worked in New York in the banking world. You've worked in Tel Aviv. You're now a consultant in the banking industry. How does the Israeli banking system compare to the U.S. banking system in terms of ease of access to funding? Well, it's mostly about size. The Israeli banking environment is very small. We have five major banks and then a handful of smaller banks, most of which are owned by the larger banks. In recent years, the banks are focused on retail activity. That's their greatest source of profitability. So the commercial lending is a riskier business with lower profitability, and it becomes harder to get. That means that poor competition leads us to difficulties in gaining new credit. Okay, the bankers claim that, you know, they're out there, that they're marketing, but their behavior indicates that they're simply not hungry for corporate business. Bank management is very defensive regarding exposure to risk. And on any given day, every credit committee 
reviews more credit requests than they can approve. So the demand for commercial loans is greater than the supply. The competition is, is tough, and that's the big difference. We can really help with that. This is a difficult environment. Our services are extremely beneficial. We work intensively with our clients to get into the details and reach proposals that we believe are bankable. And as I said before, the banks rely on our opinions, they trust our research, and they trust the materials we present. All right. The answer to, your, to my question sort of brings to mind, you know, as you refer to the credit committees and the banking, uh, their own restrictions that they may have imposed upon them. I, I think to myself and probably to many of my listeners, uh, I think for most of us, we don't even go to the bank anymore. You know, maybe, maybe we go in a few times a year, and, I, and I'm thinking back to to the old days uh, when I first came here about uh, your your career span 35 years ago and, and the local bank manager seemed to have so much power and autonomy and having a good relationship with him or her uh, could make the difference of you getting a loan, getting overdraft, etc. Is, is that still hold true today in Israel or have they lost some of their uh, autonomy and power? In some ways it's true, and in many ways it's no longer true. Uh, the bank managers, uh, again, differing from bank to bank, okay? There are different policies in each bank, and there are different co corporate culture in each bank. Uh, if you're small, if you're talking about retail services or, uh, you know, starting a business, then going to the bank that you know or your family knows obviously is helpful. But as soon as you start to grow and your needs become more significant, your business becomes more professional. Uh, the decision making is typically above the level of the of the branch manager, and you really need to know which bank to present your case to. Who, where is it going to fit into their policies? You need to know in each bank who is the best department, who is the best banker to present that to. Uh, it has to do with policies. It has to do with chemistry. So you cannot just rely on the, the local branch manager. Of course, this, this field is discussing corporate credit. When you talk about retail needs, you know, everybody needs their own bank account. Uh, it's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. There I just say, find a, a clerk who answers the phone, who responds to emails, and as you said before, so you never have to walk into the branch. Right. Okay, so I'm going to end up. My last question is basically uh, someone's listened to this podcast. They, they, they've been... Uh, impressed by your knowledge and your experience someone wants to be your client is is there a minimum is there some what are some requirements that you need to have in order to accept the person as a client well the sweet spot for us is the same as for the banks we we like loan requests that are between five to fifty million shekels obviously we deal with larger requests also especially in real estate we deal with smaller requests too if they're complicated, okay, if somebody comes to us with a request that we say, you know, you really can do this on your own, we'll tell them how he can do it. If we understand why it's difficult and he can't do it on his own, then we'll be happy to help. You can see, by the way, samples uh, on our website, adesco.co.il, uh, and you see some of the typical uh, loans that we've, that we've sourced for people. Uh, but nobody should feel shy to call. We're happy to talk, and uh, as I say, either we'll suggest that we get involved or we'll suggest how they can do it. That's on, that's on the borrowing side, but the other points that we talked about, the conflict resolution and the currency exchange, that's not a question of size. Conflict resolution or even legal problems with banks, 
uh, we can be called in for a consultation on any amount, on any size. We've helped people uh, prove ownership of accounts. We've helped people uh, um, get away from claims on collateral. One important point about that I, I'd like to add, I, I should have mentioned it even earlier, conflict resolution, people try sometimes contact an attorney. Contact us. Attorneys can't talk to banks directly. They have to go through the legal department, uh, and it's very often very difficult to get out of the legal. Mm -hmm. We negotiate. We negotiate. So if you have a conflict resolution is, issue with a bank, contact us. We'll tell you, is it something we can handle or not? Should you use legal or not? We can cooperate with your lawyer, but let us do the talking to the bank. You'll, you'll get it done faster and, and much cheaper. All right. I, li I like that. That could be a logo. Let us do the talking, Jeff. There you go. <laughs> okay. So, again, you mentioned your website. If someone wants to get in touch with you personally, how do they do that? You can send us a request by the web. I'm happy to give you my personal cell number, and I'm happy for them to contact you, 052-223-7897. My email is jeff at adesco.co.il, and the website is www.adesco.il. .co.il.adesco. Well, I thank you very, very much for taking the time uh, this morning, this early afternoon, and I, th I think you gave a lot to my listeners, you gave a lot to me, and uh, we wish you much success in the coming year. Thank you. I wish everybody well and success and happy to talk. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.peacestein.com or look for Philip Stein Associates on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Goodbye.